Welcome in to the second week of the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. And the Denver Pioneers underway in the NCHC pod in Omaha, Nebraska. Four games under their belt, a 1-3-0 start. Tough games out of the gate, but get a huge win against number one North Dakota last night. And so the Pioneers going into week two, feeling good, feeling confident. And now we have an opportunity to break it down. So DC, uh, excited to talk another week of Pioneer hockey. And I guess looking at the way that this this week, this first week shook out. You have three one-goal losses where you play Minnesota Duluth, number three team in the nation, right out of the gate. And then you turn around and play the number one team in North Dakota. You have a game against St. Cloud State. And then you play North Dakota again. So how has this week gone for you? I guess uh, if you can take us through the, the ebbs and flows of it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an entertaining week of hockey. I think we you could have asked for a a better schedule, but also a more difficult schedule than, than what we've had thus far. And I, th- I think better, uh, the reason I use that word is I think we were able to, you know, learn a lot about our team really early where, you know, we were pushed um, in different ways that we haven't been in practice and um, that, you know, many other teams in the country wouldn't be able to do. And so I think from that standpoint, it's been great competition. Uh, the pod overall has been unbelievably well executed uh, by the the commissioner here and Josh Fenton and his staff and the Omaha staff. It's it's been unbelievably well run, and um, we're having a great time in the pod despite um, our one and three record. I think um, the guys have been able to maintain a pretty positive attitude and a pretty honest attitude about where things are at and uh, the belief and the confidence in our group is still very high. Uh, obviously that's buoyed by um, you know last night's uh, performance uh, and and result in the North Dakota game to be able to to respond in that in that way and play a pretty complete hockey game, especially our third period, we were really proud of. Um, I think speaks volumes for our leadership group, their ability to um, narrow the focus of our team, um, and and our players' ability to really clamp down and and uh, execute and stick to our game plan and without Bobby Brink in the lineup. So obviously North Dakota has two guys out as well, but um, you know to be able to do that without one of our major scoring threats was was uh, pretty impressive. And when you look back on the week, um, yeah, we're one and three, uh, but we're we're still in real good shape. It's a long year and uh, we're excited about the foundation that we're building here. I know you often talk about the process and not being results driven, especially early in the year when it's easy to do that. You look at these games, a 2-1 loss to Minnesota Duluth, a 4-3 overtime loss to North Dakota the first time around, 4-3 loss to St. Cloud State. All three of those games were games that you had leads in, the first two in the third period, the last one you, you had a lead in the second period. Did that make it easier to cope with a slower start than Denver is used to because you knew that you were still doing things to give you success and that eventually that would turn in your favor? Yeah, I mean it's it's not like we were um it's like we've been blown out of a building um you know here in Omaha and not to say that that couldn't and won't happen but um you know the the first four games have really been um been good hockey games, it's been fun games to be a part of and would we like our record to be a little different sure but I think yeah to your point what gives us confidence and some belief is we've done some really good things um in the three games, the one goal losses that we had. Um, unfortunately, we, you know, 
we we needed probably one more play offensively or one more play defensively for the thing to swing. And, you know, the Duluth game, uh, bad penalties, three of them in the third period certainly stand out up one, nothing against a really good team. You give their best players a chance to, to execute. And, um, the Cates brothers, Swaney and Kepke, uh, did that. And, and they've got a real good young freshman defenseman in Kaiser who's, um, helping replace Pernovich. So, uh, in a goaltender that, that plays really well in the second period and, um, in Fanti. So that game was in our process, um, we didn't like the fact that we took those poor penalties and that our, our uh, penalty kill didn't, didn't come through when it needed to. And then um, the, the North Dakota game was very, uh, the first one was uh, very back and forth. Um, thought it could have went either way. Um, it was two really good teams going at it. And um, ultimately it comes down to to one play, their, their best player executes and scores a real nice goal in overtime. Um, we certainly felt like we had the game in, in our control and we kind of gave it away there in the third period. Um, and then St. Cloud, um, you know, we're back to back three games, four nights. Uh, they're a much improved team. And, um, you know, I guess as far as our process goes, you know, we gave up way too many odd man rushes. That was a thing that stood out in that game. We gave up uh, four clear odd man rushes and they executed and scored on three of them. Um, and so that was the difference that night. We couldn't score our way out of our problems. And um, and then getting into the North Dakota game, I, th I thought like we just kind of started with, it was a much more um, complete effort throughout in our process and in the things that we need to focus in on to have uh, the, the results that we all desire at the end of the night. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the head coach of the Denver Pioneers, David Carl, Campus Lounge located at 701 South University, just down the road from the Ritchie Center. And I want to ask, because the pod format is a lot different than the regular format. Of course, we're talking about four games as opposed to just two, as we normally do. Mm -hmm. Is it easier to evaluate your team because you play so many games in a condensed period of time? Or is it harder because it's a little more, um, maybe, maybe you have a game and you think that's what we are. And then you have another game and you think, now I just saw something completely different. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um that can happen a little bit, but I, I think what what we're really looking for or is is just continual um, growth, and and that and again, that's not always going to be two steps forward every game. I mean, I've, we felt like uh, the Duluth game to the North Dakota game, game one to game two, we we took some real good steps. Um, game two to game three, you know, North Dakota to St. Cloud, we felt like we took a step back, um, you know, so it's kind of a step forward, step back. And then against North Dakota game three to game four, I think we felt like we took two or three steps forward. And, um, you know, so it, it's not going to be a linear path here, um, but we're, we're constantly trying to evaluate things in an honest way and um, talk about growth and in, in our process and keep our, our focus narrowed. Um, because I think our we can feel the pressure of, it's 10 games and 18 nights. We, you know, we need this amount of wins or, or I need to get this many points or it's only a 26 game season and we need to get to this amount of wins. And um, you start to think that way and and you lose track of, uh, you know, the, the work and preparation that you need to put in um, in the here and now. And I, I just I give our leadership group a lot of credit. They, they met with our team uh, Sunday night. Um, they had a, a real good, honest chat about, uh, where we were at and, 
different things they've been through in their career and different levels of adversity they faced and how, you know, if we just, if we narrow our focus, we're going to be okay. And we're going to, um, we're certainly going to be able to get ourselves out of it. We have the people in the room to do that. And like I say, uh, really proud of, of our captains and our older players for, uh, having that meeting. And then, uh, and then they had a good time Sunday night, you know, they, they were watching Sunday night football and it was important in the two days off to kind of, you know, decompress and get away from the game a little bit. That was one thing that, uh, Paul Stasny, when he talked to the team said was really important is when you're in the bubble, um, you can get so inundated with hockey and, um, it's important that you, you do step away. Maybe you pick up a book, um, maybe you call, um, a good friend that you haven't talked to in a long time, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. Um, and so that was kind of a little bit of our goal on Sunday was to get them away. We didn't watch any video from the St. Cloud game, um, individually or, uh, team wise. We kind of just, um, chalked it up and, and tried to move on because, uh, uh, we know we have a good thing going here and trying to manage their mental state was the most, and physical state was the most important thing on Sunday and Monday. And um, clearly I thought that that was, was done in a, in a good way and they took responsibility and came out and they played well on, on Tuesday night against a real tough North Dakota team. Looking at that North Dakota game, you're tied 2-2 going into the third period. The third period itself was pretty stingy. I believe there were 12 shots combined between the two teams. And it wasn't until Carter Savoy scored with two minutes and two seconds left in the game that anyone, and luckily it was DU, was able to gain some separation. And that was ultimately the game-winning goal. Um, you said after the game that you thought it was the, the third period was one of the best third periods that you've seen in your time at Denver. Why did you say that? Um, I mean, uh, I just felt like it was really a mature period. We managed pucks well. Um, we forechecked well. Um, we had a, some ozone possession, but we, we didn't give up a ton defensively. Um, obviously, we draw a five-minute major. Um, we score on it. We, we don't take uh, – we don't have to kill a penalty. I know Webster um, takes a penalty on the five-minute major to go four-on-four four for a little while, but um, – I didn't really like the call. Um, and so we didn't take any bad penalties in the third period. We we kind of built from our net out. And I just thought it was, uh, it was the first time in a long time that we've played North Dakota or Duluth and have, have stuck with our game plan in a tough moment, in a tight hockey game. And I think that that really um, bodes well for the maturity and, and, and the future of this group and so that i think that's what we we're really proud of there's we've had moments in the past two three years where um we we go off on our own page here or there and and it ends up they're more patient than we are and they put the puck in the back of it i thought we were a really patient mature team in the third um and ultimately we find a way to put one in the back of the net on our five minute major uh, power play even though we had to like i say go four on four for two of it so I think that's kind of what referencing and um, I, I think it's a it's a great building block and a real good foundation for our team to build on here. That shot that made it 3-2, of course, is off the stick of Carter Savoy. It was his fifth goal. He becomes the first DU freshman to ever accomplish that feat. George Morrison did it back in 1970, but that was before freshmen were able to play at DU. So technically, he was a sophomore. So Carter Savoy, five games in, is already – four games in, excuse me, is already breaking records at DU. The shots that he has scored on oftentimes, in most cases, have been really just a clean shot he's beating the goalie with. And last night's example, he steps into the left circle, fires one, again, not a defenseman in front of the net, and he beats him clean. 
What is it about his shot that gives him the ability to beat goalies clean? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a really bright hockey player. Um, you know, he, he – I um, – I asked him after the game, I said, were you aiming there? He goes, yeah, um, I was trying to get to that spot um, throughout the night. And I said, when did you figure out that you you felt like you could score there? And he said, well, in, after the first period. And um, so he just, he analyzes goalies really well. Um, he sees a game in different ways. Um, it reminds me, um, again, of Borgstrom. I, you know, everybody probably remembers the St. Cloud goal he scored at home um, where he went through uh, Will Borgen and then ends up putting it uh, over the blocker of, uh can't remember the goaltender at the time. But anyways, Nicky um, scores that goal. And, and I remember, you know, our staff asked him after and just asked, you know, because what do you see on that? You know, we're, we're curious too, right? We're we, – <laughs> We don't know exactly what goes on in these guys' uh, heads either um, in special offensive moments. And, you know, and just the way Nicky talked about it was, yeah, the D-man opened his legs up, so I put it through his legs, and I saw the goalie's hand was down, so I, I knew I had to get it up. And it was like it was he was talking in slow motion, and, um, you know, and it obviously all happens with a, a blink of an eye. And and I just sense the same thing with Sav. Um, the, the game slows down for him in those moments and he just sees it and processes it so quick. Um, you know, I think it's probably similar to a, a baseball hitter who's really in the zone and um, the baseball looks more like a volleyball and it, it seems like it's coming 10 miles an hour slower than it is. And um, Sav sees net and I think he sees a lot of net and uh, he's precise with his shot. And the, the release is kind of oddly deceptive because his body position isn't always in a position where it looks like he's going to shoot and his wrist strength and his pinpoint accuracy allows him to get pucks off in a real deceptive way where goaltenders aren't expect expecting it and um he's a special talent scored goals like uh like i've never seen um and like i said after the game we're, we're real happy he's on our team and he's a great kid great teammate and um he's got a great future here at denver and beyond I promise we'll move on to others, but I want to I want to ask just one more about about Carter Savoy and, and his shot specifically. Uh, he he you, you talk about how he processes things on the bench. Do you get the sense that he is he is always analyzing? He's obviously always analyzing when he's on the ice. But what is he like on the bench? What kind of energy does it bring the bench? Do you, do you get the sense looking down at him that he his mind is going a mile a minute? Uh, no, I mean, mile a minute. No, it's slow for him. It may be a mile a minute for, for myself or, or Tavis down at the Ford. And we're, you know, we're trying to process and it, the game's real slow for him, which is, which is a good thing where, like I said, it's, it's good. He's on the ice and not us. Um, but yeah, one, one quick story, I guess, um, you know, it, we had a player coming down the wing, uh, I think it was Saturday night and, um, you know, he, he's shooting from a, a poor angle, um, just trying to get a puck to the net, end of a shift maybe. And um, Sav sitting down at the end of the bench in front of Tavis and um, the player releases the puck and it goes right into the goalie's chest. And Sav turns to the guy next to him and says, you guys, you got to go into the bar there. You got to go into the bar. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just says it's so nonchalant. And, um he, you know, he sees the game different. He can execute some of those offensive things different than other guys. And, um, you know, where some players were, you know, they're excited. We're excited if they just get the thing on goal. Um, he thinks that way. And, you know, I just, um, 
again, Borgstrom has scored some from some of those sharp angles, um, you know, by goalies ears uh, from from bad angles. And I just I think Sav, you'll you'll see some of those goals from him as well, where he just knows where to place the puck. Uh, goal scorers have a knack for it, and he's certainly one of them. He was surely the one that North Dakota did not want in that spot at that point in the game. But he's the reason the Pioneers were able to take one from number one North Dakota last night in the 3-2 win. You're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Pioneers head coach, David Carl. When we return, we will preview the week ahead in the NCHC pod as the Pioneers have Miami and Duluth next on the docket. You're listening to the Campus Lounge David Carl Coaches Show on ESPN Denver 1600. Let's just try not to embarrass ourselves and everything will be fine. Is that a Pepsi Wild Cherry? Oh, no. <laughs> Too late. You know something, Steve? Flavor Mania is about to run wild. Oh, not Flavor Mania. <laughs> Pepsi Wild Cherry is about to drop a flavor suplex right into your pie hole. Not the pie it's going to hit your taste buds with a top rope elbow of flavor. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to. Does this always have to happen when you drink Pepsi Wild Cherry? You better believe it, brother. Pepsi Wild Cherry, now available in zero sugar. That's what I like. DU hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU hockey bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios. the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy. The Denver Pioneers coming off a 3-2 victory against the number one North Dakota Fighting Hawks last night and looking ahead to a game in the NCHC pod in Omaha, Nebraska tomorrow afternoon against the Miami Red Hawks. And then a Saturday morning matchup, an odd morning game for the Pioneers, an 11.05 a.m. Mountain Time start on Saturday Miami's game will be on ESPN Denver tomorrow night. Saturday's game will be on 104.3 The Fan. And on Saturday morning, looking forward to that morning game, little youth hockey feel there. Uh, this is now week two in the pod. I'm losing track of time, so correct me if I'm wrong. But week two in the pod, has this become a little more normalized? Has your day-to-day become a little more settled at this point? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we kind of got into it hot and heavy with three games and four nights and um, you know, just the turnaround of, of watching video again, you know, it's been eight months for us too. Um, and finding a routine in that and making sure that we've got, you know, the necessary things ready. Um, I know certainly our, uh, our staff felt like, um, you know, we were, we were, we we're a little bit worn down on sleep. Um, you know, I think the two days off was helpful, uh, for us too, and for the players. And now we're, we're kind of in a routine where we're going every other day this week, which I I think is, is helpful and starting to see some teams again, uh, for the second time. So, um, yeah, starting to get into a routine. I think everybody knows where everything's at, understand the testing, the logistics, um, the practice times, uh, the, the locker rooms, all that stuff, um, certainly starting to normalize, um, here in the pod, which which I think is good, and like it started with, I mean it's it's been really good. We the the weather's been unbelievable. The walk to the rink's about ten minutes, um, really uh, really easy, and the food at the hotel's been great. We got the guys a ping pong table, um, 
you know, and we've got projectors down in the room. They can get on, you know, like we were talking about Sunday night, Monday night football, um, things like that. So it's a good opportunity for them to, to be with one another. And, um, yeah, it's, it's starting to feel normal. And uh, truthfully, it's been a lot of fun. Um, wish our, like we'd said, you know, if record could be a little bit better, but all in all, playing hockey with everything else that's going on in the world and we're getting better and we're growing as a team. Um, it's been a lot of fun thus far and uh, we're, we're looking forward here to week two. Should also mention, as we talk right now, the team is at a viewing party, so to speak, a private viewing party at a movie theater. Of course, everything done within the COVID protocol is very, very safe here in the NCHC pod, but getting an opportunity to at least get the popcorn smell underneath the mask, which is surely a nice feeling mm. for them. So some opportunities for the team to get out and uh, and uh, be people, I guess, is aside from, from hockey players for a little bit. But looking at the week ahead that you have, the week ahead the weeks of the weeks move because it's not a normal schedule uh tomorrow taking on the miami red hawks miami 0 for 4 coming into this game tomorrow however they had a 2-0 loss to north dakota a 2-1 loss to omaha in overtime a 5-3 loss to minnesota duluth and then a 4-2 loss to minnesota duluth and both of those games against duluth were capped with an empty net goal so one goal games right down to the wire so when you look ahead uh, to this Miami Red Hawks team, what do you see? What are the things that you're going to need to key in on? Yeah, I think, um, you know, they, they've played, like you may mention, four real close games. Um, I think Burrs has done a real good job. Uh, their head coach uh, and their staff and, and Barry Schutte and, and uh, Eric Rood of getting their team to to be more bought in and more committed. And they, they play harder um, than they did last year. And so their, their competitiveness is high. Um, their goaltending's improved. I think uh, they've, they've returned a lot of players. So they're, they're a much improved team. And, um, you know, again, the way they play is a little bit different than, than teams we've seen so far. So it's going to provide some unique challenges, um, coupled with the fact that we, we share a, a banquet room wall with them and uh, they're in the same hotel as us. So that'll be a little bit unique. but. Um, it is what it is, and uh, you know we're looking forward to playing them. Certainly, It'll be our first time against them in the in the pod here, and uh, we expect a, another close hockey game in this league. You're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University. You talk about. Miami sharing the same hotel and, and a banquet room wall with us. I guess we know they won't be getting a leg up with any sort of pregame meal or breakfast because I think the food is is the same all the way around. The pod is interesting in that last night Miami played after Denver's game. So you had the opportunity to watch Miami's game. Is there any added benefit to being able to see other teams in person as opposed to video? Yeah, I mean, you do get a better feel. You know, we our staff spent a lot of time, um, again, at logistics, uh, great setup in this building. Every team uh, has a, a suite uh, in the in the building. And so we have our own suite for um, our administrative staff and, and then obviously our coaches and our support staff. And um, it's where Kelsey uh, watches the game from and is live tagging the video and such. So it's it's a really good setup. And then when we're not playing, um, us as coaches can go in there, um, grab a coffee. We can watch uh, the other games that are happening and take notes. And um, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're getting prepared for a team on a regular week, 
you're watching, you know, max two games, same opponent. Um, maybe you go back three games to get some special special teams items, you know, that maybe weren't in there the previous weekend. But you're really getting a sense for um, – I, I think it's fun to, like, watch the other coaches on the bench as a coach and just see how they use their lines, how they communicate a little bit with their players. You know, we've got some real good coaches in this league, and um, to be able to see them and, and how they kind of manage and run their benches and what they're doing, you know, on uh, you know after TV timeout, what they're doing on their six-on-five, how they're managing their power plays, you just – you see a little bit more, um, you know, on, on, uh, on, in a live atmosphere than you do just on video. And certainly you don't see it when you're playing a team, um, when they're across the bench, you're not paying attention to that much of, of those types of things. So I think it's an added benefit, certainly, um, to see other teams and see them a lot. We're learning a lot about each other in our league and, um, again, I think that's one of the things that has, has made this a lot of fun. Our players can go over, watch the games anytime. They have a designated uh, section to sit in. So um, you made mention it kind of has the, the youth hockey tournament vibe to it. Um, you know, and I think you heard that out of the NHL guys as well in the bubble. And um, these are young kids. They love the game. Um, they're not in school anymore. And so it's, it's a great atmosphere and environment to, to be a part of a, a great hockey event. It is pretty unique to walk around the bowels of Baxter Arena as well, and you could pass five or six different jersey racks with different jerseys. And mm-hmm. there's been stories of equipment managers helping other equipment managers move rooms because we're kind of doing locker room roulette a little bit just to make sure that that everyone gets a, an opportunity to be in the big room uh, and not not be pinned in the same small locker room that might have just been a little pop-up shop. And of course, shout out to to the equipment staffs that have, have done such a good job with that. Maybe, maybe the answer is obvious here because it seems like the general consensus has been the absence of fans when you're really locked into a game isn't something that you super notice. But as far as the, the whole game experience goes, have you, have you noticed any difference in the pod? No, not really. I mean, it's you don't notice the fan. I mean, I hate to say that on a on a national or a local uh, radio well, show. That's on but, me. I, I you know, with it. But uh, you know, it's great playing in front of fans. I tell you, we've shown video of of our games, say at North Dakota or uh, of North Dakota at Magnus, and we've shown video of our game against St. Cloud at Magnus and. You see that and you do get excited. You're like, gosh, that was that was really fun. That was really nice. Um, but certainly when when the puck drops in the games, um, I think the the guys are they're pretty used to it at this point because they watch the NHL do it, they've watched NFL games, they watched NBA games, MLB games. Um, you know, the it hasn't uh, the intensity of our games at least. Uh, the the lack of fans has not been a factor in the overall intensity of the games. And once the puck drops, um, you you do you don't notice it. And and I would say you know, live in a game when there's a full building, um, you notice it at times. But you're you're you really notice it after goals and big momentum swings is when you notice the crowd. Uh, but in the in the happenstance of the game, you you don't all notice it. I'm that much because you're so you're kind of in the zone. They they talk about that a lot where, you know, things kind of slow down and you're very focused on your task at hand. And um, I would say it's 
that part hasn't changed. That sense and that feel on the bench is the same as what it would be if there was, you know, 6,000 people here in the building. I suppose part of those momentum swings are possibly, uh, maybe you're, you're helped getting a little more momentum because your power play has been as successful as it's been. And I want to touch on this before we close because the power play has managed to score twice in each of the last three games now. Uh, this looks to me, and I've, I've only been here three, this is my fourth year now, so I could be off, but it seems like this power play is clicking like like it hasn't uh, maybe in, in years past. What's What's been going so right for you out of the gate there? Yeah, I think it's, um, I agree with you. I mean, our power play's done a real good job, but you know, we, we made sure to work on it a lot prior to coming into the pod. We felt like it could be a difference maker um, for us. It, it's, uh, you know, we felt like it won us a hockey game last night. It certainly kept us in hockey games that we've, that we've lost, um, you know, and so the power play has been great. I think Ferg's done a great job with them, uh, getting them on the same page and, you know, different personnel too. I mean, we had we had one game without Gutman. We had one game without Brink already. So guys are having to shuffle in and out um, into different spots. And, you know, everybody's knows their spots, knows what they're supposed to do. And um, so I think Ferg's done a great job organizing it, managing it. But at the end of the day too, we, we've got really good players um, and they've gone out and executed. And um, that's been great to see. So I agree with you. It's, it's got a chance to be a real lethal power play. Um, all year long, both units, uh, we like our depth. I'm going to phrase a question poorly because I can't think Here of another way to do it. All right. McCade Webster was outstanding last night. He picked up his first career goal on the power play off a booming shot from Monty to Amisto. Uh, McCade Webster had a little bit of injury trouble in the USHL and, and it maybe, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how his trajectory to DU was, was changed that way, but certainly you, you would have liked to go through completely healthy. So are you surprised that he has been able to be as good as he's been? Um, no, not really. I mean, he had the same operation that Cole Gutman had um, and same injury that Gutter had in his time in Dubuque uh, in the USHL. Gutman was in Dubuque, uh, Webby was in Green Bay and same injury, same surgeries. Um, and so we saw the transformation that Cole had, like Cole didn't look like himself in the USHL prior to his surgery, Webster, same thing. Um, and so... He's a bit a little bit of a wild card because he didn't have a full healthy year and uh, he was he was banged up the year before. So, uh, but you know we've seen it in practice. His competitiveness, his stick skill, is all there, and um, we think he's got a great game to to be able to grow into uh, a pretty prominent role within our program. So um, excited for McCade that he was able to get his first one. It's kind of the first time we've really seen Auntie's booming one timer um, come close to going in the net and obviously results in an assist, but people are going to get used to seeing that as well. Um, that, you know, and obviously both freshmen, both are going to be big parts of this team too. Moving in the right direction. No question about it. The Denver Pioneers looking ahead to a game tomorrow afternoon against Miami, 2.35 PM mountain time start. That game will be brought to you by Jay Stickney on ESPN Denver 1600. And then Saturday at 11.05 AM mountain time on 104.3, the fan. And again, Jay Stickney will be there for the play-by-play of that. This has been the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, DC. Thank you so much for joining us for another week. Best of luck to you in this next week in the NCHC pod. And we look forward to next week. Let me tell you a thing or two about the people who don't compromise. They love Pepsi Zero Sugar. Why? 
because it's got all the flavor and zero the sugar. How's that for not compromising? They're the sort of person that likes surf with their turf. And the drink with their feast? Yeah, they have a Pepsi Zero Sugar. The person who doesn't compromise loves a good golden doodle. All the golden retriever goodness with just a hint of doodle. And when they're bringing said golden doodle for a walk, they bring a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero Sugar, done right. That's what I like. DU hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU hockey bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios.